This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 471. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Matthew Marister. And today I learned how to count, so thanks, Riley. Yeah, they don't teach that in Marine training. <laughs> no, count backwards. That I actually clarified. I can count forward. Just I just learned how to count backwards from three. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, it's a good day when, when a Marine finally learns how to count. Uh, and his counting consists of lining up crayons <laughs> on his tabletop there. One crayon. Two crayon, three crayon. Yeah, yeah. You got to separate them out—the ones you like and the ones you don't. <laughs> what is the best tasting crayon? I wonder. I I, I assume it's the red one because that's always what's a good. You know what I mean? Popsicles that are red, the the Kool Aid that's red. <laughs> right. Hello, you brother. <laughs> Let and I honor that. you and your and your service to our nation, <laughs> our nation, which is going to uh, going to pot in a right hurry if things don't turn around quickly. All right, guys, on a happier note, hey, we're here with you for today's episode. Uh, today is our news and gear reviews episode. This is where we cover the latest industry news, and by that we mean stuff like new gun releases, product releases, um, other updates for manufacturers, and like that. And maybe a few other things uh, we sneak in there. Uh, and then Matthew and I save a couple, or, or Jacob, if, if he was on today. Uh, whoever it is, we uh, do a couple gear reviews towards the end of the episode. So you want to stick around for that and hear what we are reviewing today. Uh, and, and because this is our industry news and gear reviews episode, we sometimes get requests like this from from Andy, who's watching on Facebook, and says that he'd love to hear uh, us talk about uh, Biden and Harris's plans for semi-automatic rifles, primarily AR-15s, as he says in his in his comment here on Facebook. And while we do have a story that we touch on a little bit on that, we talk a little bit about pre- uh, our president-elect Biden, um, but uh, you know, we we actually separate. Over the course of a month, we have different episodes where we cover different types of news. And so we have a whole other episode that covers more political or legislative news is what it, it is what we really call it. So so uh, that's not going to be, the, unfortunately, the focus of today's episode, um, although I'm sure, like I said, there will be some things that, that kind of sneak out because of uh, everything that's going on. Um, so today's episode is sponsored by CCW Safe. We are so honored and proud to have uh, them on as a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, of course, I'm a uh, CCW Safe member, and I, I I love the fact that I have, in my personal opinion, the some of the best. If I think honestly, the best coverage in self defense type insurance in the industry. Um, there's a number of great companies out there, but CCW Safe has unlimited coverage in terms of whatever it takes to fight and win your case if you if you if it gets that far they're going to be there backing you all the way there's no limits to that as far as 
the time, the money, you know, the, 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 the hours that we have to pay attorneys time to be our representative as, uh, you know, as, as we have to fight through a case like they had, like they did with the Stephen Maddox case. Stephen Maddox, of course, was interviewed on the podcast uh, last year, I believe sometime. Maybe it's been longer than that now. It, time flies by when you're having fun on the Concealed Carry podcast. Um, but here's the other thing, and this I appreciate about CCB Safe, is that everybody in the executive team has at some point been involved in use of deadly force cases where they so we're talking from the CEO to the CFO to or whatever you know all, all of their executive team their founders of the company all former law enforcement some of them have military experience as well and have actually had to shoot people and they know what the aftermath is like their response team knows exactly what you're going through if you have to go through that all right. They have guys that have worked as investigators, as uh, in, 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 you know, as, uh, as detectives, as prosecutors, or at least in the prosecuting on the prosecution side. Okay. And they've got guys like Don West also backing them up as their national trial counsel, who is an extremely experienced trial attorney in self-defense cases like this. All right. So not only that, but there's just a lot of personal touch involved with CCW safe that isn't apparent when you're just looking at comparison charts and graphs online, meaning that they personally care. They personally get involved. They are, they, you, you will personally know them when they are involved in your case. All right. Now we hope you don't have to use them, but if you do, I hope you'll consider checking out CCW safe, go to ccwsafe.com to learn more. Also, today's episode sponsored by Ammo Supply Warehouse, and we know ammo is uh, is a tough thing these days. Uh, it's hard to find, and when you do, it's typically expensive. And just know that companies like AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com is in the same boat. Uh, I know it might sound kind of interesting having a sponsor that is involved in the ammunition space when they may not even have anything in stock. Um, but here's what I do know. The, the guys at AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com are constantly working to bring things in stock, in into their inventory. Uh, and I have seen things come in in recent, in recent weeks and, and in the last couple of months. So they're working hard. Uh, sometimes it might be kind of, uh, what's the word, sort of more of a boutique kind of ammo or something that they find. But when whatever they can find, they're doing the best to get out you right as at as best a price as they can find and so we appreciate and i know they appreciate as they are a small business your support of them if you just consider checking their site first when you are next considering trying to buy some ammo all right keep it on your bookmarked uh browser tabs or whatever and and just check back all right make sure you're on their email list too because they typically send an email out when they get something uh coming in all right, give you a heads up. Uh, so that's always cool too. So, you know, you, it's, you, you can't even imagine what it's like. Some people probably think that ammo sellers like them are just getting stupid rich off of the current circumstances, but it's hard to get rich when you actually don't have anything to sell because you can't get it through the pipeline. So uh, please consider supporting them because I'd hate to see uh, a great and trusted company like our friends at AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com go out of business 
because people forget about them. All right. So I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. Like right now I'm on their website and I'm not seeing a lot, but make sure you're on the email list because I've gotten emails in the last several weeks saying, Hey, you know, we got this small batch of this. It's coming. It'll be here. It'll be on this website. Hey, you know, they're doing the best they can. So anyway, let's move on. Let's get to our first story here from, it's actually a press release directly from FN America. Uh, FN America, of course, uh, the American version of the Fabrique Nationale company, um, originally from Belgium, right? FN America has just announced and released a new pistol, well, new version of a pistol that's been around a little bit for a couple of years now, the FN 509 pistol that many of you are probably familiar with is now been reworked and remade into a long slide, very, they call it the ultimate tactical pistol, the FN 509 LS. I believe that stands for long slide edge. So the FN 509 LS edge pistol just announced and released a couple of days ago from FN America. I don't know that these are shipping yet or actually in stores, but I believe they will be very soon if they're not already on their way. Says at the beginning of the press release that it is shipping at this release. So that could mean they are literally being shipped and and maybe as early as the end of this week or beginning next week, you might see some of these on some of your local dealer shelves. Uh, So I'll just say this much. I had the opportunity to test. I spent a couple months uh, testing the uh, the very ori- you know first original FN 509 pistol, uh, and I thought it was a fine pistol. I I liked shooting it. It was accurate. I thought the trigger was decent. Um, I I enjoy- I thought it was a great gun. It was it was exceedingly reliable. I had no malfunctions over probably about two thousand rounds of of testing that I did with that gun. Um, it's a solid pistol. The one thing is that, you know, it, it was really just initially available in one configuration, uh, which was basically like a four inch barreled full size grip, uh, iron sided version. Since then, of course, they've come out with some, uh, that are set for optics ones, you know, or at least ready to receive optics. They've come out with the mid size. Uh, which is a chopped down grip, a little bit shorter uh, barrel. And uh, also uh, they came out with the compact, which is more of a single stack. And uh, now they've come out with this full, like true full size pistol. Um, Whether you want to consider this the ultimate tactical pistol, or I think it has potential as, as an, as an entry to the competition scene, Mm -hmm. to the competition market. Um, because especially if you're shooting in an iron sight division, like, like production or limited or something like that, you, you want a longer slide for your sight radius when you're shooting an iron sighted division. If you're shooting optics, doesn't matter so much because the optic pretty much negates anything to do with, you know, sight radius. But, uh, uh, in, in either way, I tend to like shooting a long slide pistol a full, you know, a true full size pistol when I'm competing anyway. So this is pretty cool to see. 
I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to go run, 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 run right out and buy one and, and go compete with it. Uh, I'm pretty happy with what I'm running in competition these days. I'm also happy with what I carry for my defensive pistol. But, but this is, I think, a really solid entry that just brings – it really kind of fleshes out the FN 509 pistol line. Uh, you know, for all the way from a full size to kind of a, you know mid size to uh, compact, so they're 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 finally kind of filling that whole gamut for that pistol lineup, and I think that's really cool. And just one comment too about the uh, optics mount with the FN five hundred nine pistols, the, the those that come with the optics, uh, the as they call it, their low profile optics mounting system. Uh, it is, I think, the best fa- from the factory, pi- or excuse me, from the factory optics mounting solution on a pistol from any of the major manufacturers at, at this current time. Uh, the way it works, they have these different uh, plates, if you will. Uh, they just they just took a very different approach to how you can take a, an adapter plate for a specific optic brand or type. And the way it attaches to the optic, the way it attaches to the slide is very unique. Uh, it's, it's far superior to some of the competitors' options that use plates uh, in that this one actually has a, a little bit of a deeper cut in one section. And that's important because one of the problems with plates is sometimes you don't have enough material to really get your mounting screws into, into the plate from the optic. And so you start having issues or you, or you have an optic plate that's a little bit too thin, too flexible, and, and, and maybe it comes off the gun itself. Uh, so the way they solved that with the FN 509 series is really, really, really genius. So that with a, with the, uh, Upgraded trigger looks great. It's supposed to be a better trigger, lighter trigger. Uh, it's got a flat face to it. They have this new magwell, a little bit of a flared opening, and it's made from metal, from steel, I believe, which is great because it'll hold up longer to repeated reloads and, and practicing reloads than just a polymer, you know, uh, base grip. So, anyway, there you go. That's the FN509 LS Edge. Matthew, any, any comments on that? No, I mean, you, I couldn't add anything. I, I was uh, I was just going to touch, if you didn't, on the uh, the optic, the p- mounting plates and stuff. And yeah, that's a that's a huge difference between if you're used to like an MOS Glock MOS or something. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely an improvement. Yep. Yep. Anyway, cool to just see stuff coming to the market. Uh, and it's been kind of a while since we had like a real true, you know, major. Uh, mark shakeup, if you will, in terms of like a new pistol um, that you know has a potential for gaining some 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 ground in the market. Uh, the only thing that I thought was disappointing about the LS Edge is its MSRP, which is fourteen ninety nine. That's pretty pretty expensive, um, and uh, I think the street price would probably be closer to like twelve hundred, but that's still you know it's still going to be a little bit much. Uh, for what is still essentially a polymer frame gun um, that, you know, we'll, we'll see how well it actually sells. I, I guess that's what I'll say about that. Matthew, tell us about the uh, Keltech P50 pistol. Yeah, so Keltech, if you guys know, I mean, they're always innovating with kind of crazy gun designs and different, um, you know, uh, different 
platforms and almost like um, taking a gun and then using other part, other companies, magazines and stuff to, to be able to use in these, uh, these guns. So it's pretty cool. They're innovative. Um, they come out with a, um, the P50, which is a 5.7 by 28 uh, caliber round. Um, it looks like something you'd see in, I don't know, like Star Wars. <laughs> it's got, uh, it's got a rail on the top and bottom for accessories. Um, and uh, the magazines, I think it's 50 rounds. I'm yeah, not sure. It's 50. Yeah. So 50 rounds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's crazy. It's kind of like it, it doesn't enter. It, you, you don't um, it, 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 you don't put it in through the um, through the grip. It's like along the side of it. So it's it's pretty interesting if you if you haven't seen it. Uh, we got a video up on uh, the concealed carry webpage. Uh, Josh did a, a quick little write up on it. But um Obviously, I mean, you, the ammunition of, you know, that, that, that uh, cartridge is extremely expensive, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it, I'm sure it's fun to shoot. I didn't get to shoot it, but um, I'm sure it's fun to shoot whether or not it's, you know, a practical gun at almost a grand. Um, it's probably going to want be one of those things that, you know, you go and you shoot, so you see somebody at the range shooting it, you're going to want to shoot it. Um, but um but yeah, it's cool that Caltech is always kind of um, pushing the boundaries of d- different innovative stuff. So um, just something cool and new from Caltech. Yeah, uh, I, uh, if you ever were to design a gun that someone might refer to as a blaster, <laughs> right. uh, this would be the one. <laughs> yeah, it looks. <laughs> I mean, it's totally Star Wars, right? <laughs> this is a true blaster of a pistol yeah uh it looks enormous and unwieldy but you've got a magazine in it that holds 50 rounds so i guess what do you expect yeah (laughs) uh and and they're not just any you know they're not 22 rounds they're not no nine millimeter rounds they're they're what is technically a rifle round yeah um but uh as far as how it was originally designed um that you know has somewhat anemic ballistics when when you know truth be told but i guess you got 50 of them yeah all right and, and, and the overall length is like 15 inches you have a nine and nine and a half inch or so barrel so it's like <laughs> you're not yeah. it's not you know what i mean it's 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 a good size <laughs> yeah you know so as i look at it i think it looks like it has a lot of potential uh if it had a stabilizing brace Mm, yeah. Like to me, that's that's what's missing from this. That is where I would get excited, and I I understand that you know braces have been under fire a little bit recently, and and this could be you know I I, I find it hard to believe that Caltech would design to not design it with the possibility, the option of adding a brace to it, because that's where I think this would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as a standalone pistol, it, I mean it's going to be difficult to you're not going to carry this thing around on your hip in a holster, right? Like it, it, it's not that kind of gun. And also when you have 50 rounds loaded in this thing, that's quite a bit of weight out there that you're just gripping with two hands on, on the grip. It, it kind of looks like they developed this little sort of scallop looking shape piece here that you could in theory, put your hand there. It doesn't count as a, as a vertical foregrip. So, you know, okay, you know, throw it, throw a sling on it rely on sling tension and kind of a, a modified two hand grip of sorts. And, and you could probably run it pretty well, but it would be so much more 
usable with a brace. And I understand that, you know, recently they braces were under fire from the ATF and that's been stopped temporarily, but it may not stay that way for long. I, I, I think that they're going to pick that up again sure. here before long, to be honest with you. So that's just my personal uh, opinion on that. Anyway, interesting take on a new pistol design from Caltech. Of course, they, they never uh, cease to amaze nor disappoint in terms of their level cre- creativity and inventiveness. And that is one thing that actually impresses me with Caltech is their inventive nature. They, they truly um, solve things in ways that no one else even comes close to doing. And they do, they just, they march to their own beat. They do their own thing and they're very passionate about what they do and everything they, they design and build is made right here in America. And so there's that as well too. Mm-hmm. And Chad, if you happen to be listening, dude, love you, bro. And Dad's uh, their marketing director over there. He's awesome. Um, all right, so let's let's go now to a story from thefirearmblog.com. And this one says alleged Maglula counterfeits instigate Amazon inventory inspection. So I'm just going to kind of read some of this because uh, that's probably the best way to get through this story. Uh, It says the United States court recently ruled that the online retail giant Amazon.com must submit itself to an inventory inspection over claims by Maglula that Amazon has been a direct seller of Maglula counterfeits. Now, Maglula is a company based in Israel, and they are the manufacturers of the ever popular Uplula product, which is a a magazine uh, loading helper. All right. Yeah, it, 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 and frankly, I think it's the best out there on the market. I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've, I've tested and tried a lot of different mag loading products just because one, I think it's cool. And I think it's a cool little segment of the industry where there's just a lot of potential to innovate and to solve that, that problem of, of loading mags in a in a better way and there are definitely some really cool products that have come out in recent years that are like more of an automatic loader but they're kind of expensive you know so you know looking at the lower end of the market and kind of like what can people come up with to make loading mags easier and more convenient now it's not that i have a problem stuffing rounds into mags with my thumbs and fingers that's not i ha- that's not an issue for me other than it's usually slower and it does wear on you a little bit, right? Like I'm there at the range to maximize my effectiveness in practice and practicing means solid grip, good trigger, you know, presses. And if things are getting fatigued because I'm, I'm stuffing magazines manually, then I'm not getting as, as effective or as efficient practice at the range. The thing I keep coming back to after trying a bunch of different products, including some that were a bit more expensive than what you can pick up uh, Uplula for, actually quite a bit more expensive, um, I come back to the Maglula Uplula. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is an Israeli company. They make these in Israel. We buy them direct from them. If uh, Yeah. In fact, we just got a shipment, I think, last week with some more Uplulas. So, so um, what I can tell you is that the Uplulas we sell on, on the concealedcarry.com site are, they're the real deal. They're not counterfeit. The problem with a company like Amazon that does 
fulfillment. So like you have the option as a seller to send your inventory to Amazon where they'll warehouse it for you. And that's how you end up with the fulfilled by Amazon thing. When, you know, when you're shopping in Amazon, you see that little note fulfilled by Amazon. And that's usually how you get your best and your fastest shipping options through Amazon, your prime shipping options, for instance, the, the stuff that you can order and get it there the same day, next day, or within two days. Um, it, it, almost no independent shipper or fulfiller of products can can match what Amazon can do in that regard. So a lot of sellers choose to have their products warehoused and inventoried by Amazon and have Amazon fulfill it for them, right? The problem is, is that Amazon, you have to think in terms of like Amazon, the guys at the warehouse that are handling product and looking at things, they don't, they, they're not going to know the difference between a real product and a counterfeit product, right? Nor is it really their responsibility to know that necessarily. But you got Magla that has sued Amazon because they're saying, look, there's counterfeit upload of products being sold through your webs through amazon.com. And that obviously damages us, you know, uh, Maglula as a legitimate company. And so that, you know, I, I'm guessing that they have made effort to work with Amazon or contact them to notify them about these counterfeits and try to get them removed from the Amazon store. But I, it sounds like that didn't work. So then they, they have to resort to a lawsuit. And now we've got a judge that said, yep, Amazon, you got you got to solve this because this is, you know, this is a patented product that a Chinese company has copied, is shipping into the U.S. and is making its way into Amazon warehouse inventory. And people are ordering what they think is a, is a, a genuine, original Maglula product, and they're getting the counterfeit. And that's not cool. Yeah, and it's crazy because they're 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 marketing it as an up, Maglula Uplula. Like I don't know if you remember earlier. I think it was a week ago or so. I I you know uh, we have a, a chat uh, amongst the like a, a chat conf- uh, online with all the guys in concealed carry, and I sent sent them a message, and I was like, hey, is anybody else getting marketed extremely hard for Maglula Uplulers on uh, Facebook? in Instagram. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like every ad that was coming up were all over the place for Maglula. And I've never seen an ad for them before. And so maybe this, you know, uh, spurred that because there must've been, I mean, if I was getting it, I'm sure other people were too. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You, you go to buy something and who knows if it's decent quality or not, but either, or even if it's the same quality, Maglula is getting undercut you know, um, by this stuff. So yeah, just, you know, yeah. Buy it from no, no, you know, uh, trustworthy sources, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Trusted sources. Uh, the article actually specifies buy from Brownells, Midway USA, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Dick Sporting Goods, Turner's, and many other distributors. And I would say most importantly from concealedcarry.com. Sure. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, I, I see the I see the inventory come in. These are genuine Maglula Uplula products. Uh, we sell quite a few of them, and so we're constantly uh, reordering, 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 and, and trying to keep that uh, inventory uh, uh, supplied. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I hope to get this solved. It does say at the uh, end of the article here: if you suspect you have received a counterfeit Uplula, 
or Magalula product, uh, you can send an email with photos of the suspected product to info at maglula.com. That's M-A-G-L-U-L-A.com. Info at maglula.com. And uh, they will let you if it let you know if it's counterfeit or not. So anyway, hope that gets sorted out because I hate seeing good companies because and they really are and they make a great product. Uh, get the shaft like that. Let's turn now to this other. This is other. I think pretty interesting and exciting industry news. Matthew is because of it. Just is not so something good. I could have. It's it's like the the Caltech P fifty. I I could not have guessed or called or you know you imagined that that was going to come and the same is true of this new optic from leupold uh tell us about it why don't you yeah you guys might have seen it it's um it's from leupold it's called the delta point micro and obviously you know if you've been shooting guns in the last you know 10 days, uh, you probably realize that almost every manufacturer is going to red dots and, and making their, their uh, pistols red dot um, uh, capable right from the factory and things like that, right? So um, typically you have your, your um, red dot that sits on top of the slide, um, either in front of your rear sight, your, your iron rear sight, or sometimes they'll mill it and put the, the iron rear sight in front of the, the red dot. But in any, in any event, the optic is mounted on top of the slide. Um, this is a totally different concept. Um, basically, what Lupo did was it still mounts on top of the slide um, it, it, in the same location, but it wraps around the back. So the battery, it, it, the battery isn't underneath, kind of raising the, the the optic up. The optic is in line with the iron sight. So the selling point is is a, a, a couple things. Is one is it's a lower. It's the same uh, sight plane that you would look through if you're looking through iron sights. Whereas if you shoot a, 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 a an optic, you realize okay, my my optic is actually a little bit higher. So it's n- I'm not actually looking at my iron sights. I, I, I can get higher sights, uh, iron sights, but it, it's it's a higher sight plane, right? So this is supposed to be the same basic sight plane as you would be if you were looking through your irons, it drops the battery behind the slide, the back of the slide. So it can kind of be more flush with the slide, the, the, the actual optic. It's also enclosed, which um, theoretically would allow um, or remove more possibility of, you know, something interfering with that dot working um, whereas if you have an open emitter or something like that, um, you know, th- there could be moisture that gets inside or something like that. Right. So it's just a more enclosed, uh, optic. And, and so it, it, if that's important to you, um, that would, that would be, you know, something, um, it, it I've, I haven't seen it. I haven't held it. So it's hard for me to say like, oh, I think that this would be, you know, blow, it has so much going for it that it would cause me to not recommend any other optic. You know what I mean? I don't know if it, if it does that yet, cause I haven't held it, but I can understand that, uh, you know, the concept of it and it has a small window. So, you know, some people might say, Oh, well, I want a bigger window. I don't necessarily think that that's um, a drawback because people use iron sights and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be a, a, you know, a deal breaker for some people. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it's going to be taken. I guess time will tell. It says that it's most concealable. Like one, that's one of the selling points. I don't, I don't know if you, you saw that Riley, but I don't think that this would necessarily be any more concealable than any other optic. I mean, I've carried optic for my everyday carry gun and I don't ever have an issue where the optic would be the part that would print. Um, in fact, this extending the back of the slide and making it longer, I think would potentially cause it to print in certain situations a little bit more than others, but I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't have it, but it's nonetheless, it's a really cool um, concept and, and, you know, innovative and we'll see where it goes. And, um, you know, just like the first optics, you know, weren't uh, as robust and things like that. And it took years for other competitors to kind of take that and push the envelope a little bit. So it, it's definitely something cool and we'll see if it, you know, spurs on a new, a new uh, way to look at optics on your concealed carry gun or, you know, uh, some self-defense gun or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I disagree with you on some points. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to that. Well, I, I do want to kind of hit on some of their, what they would consider selling points here. And the first they say is low profile design. Um, the fact that it's low on the slide, for instance, it says here that it replicates the same sight plane that iron shooters are used to, uh, making it more intuitive to use, more easily concealable. So I don't know how much of an issue that is, whether you're using, say, like an RMR that's maybe another quarter of an inch taller as far as where you're looking through. Um, I, I personally don't think it's that big of an issue. Uh, now, granted, you know, every shooter is a little bit different. I've never had an issue. In fact, I was a little bit concerned when I moved from all my training I had did I, that I had done on a more standard red dot optic on like my carry pistol. But then I, I moved over to this uh, Romeo 3 Max on my competition gun, which is quite a bit taller and bigger it's got a bigger window too, but it sits up quite a bit, uh, especially since I'm still running it on a Springer Precision plate uh, that adapts it to the cut in my X5 pistol. Uh, and I, I initially thought, oh, I don't know, but I never once had any issue whatsoever transitioning to that slightly higher mount. Um, and I would say the difference between my Romeo 3 Max and a Romeo one, like I was more used to is probably as much, if not slightly more than the difference between say this loophole optic and this micro dot and uh, a more standard optic. So I don't know how much you know of an issue that is. Um, it is interesting that you can basically use your standard iron sights mm -hmm. uh, on the pistol together with the optic itself like if the optic were to break or go down or something you just look it's, it becomes like a ghost ring sight at that point it does bother me a little bit though that you're basically staring at and covering like one of the beauties of running a red dot is you get full field of view and you you really see your whole target and then you just see a red you just see the dot imposed superimposed on that target and by putting your front sight in so much of that window, like I suspect you're basically doing, and it may not be as big an issue, say, with stock Glock sights, 
Um, but a lot of people run stuff that's a little bit bigger or a little bit higher profile uh, that might be more of an issue as far as basically closing in this window as you're looking through it because you have so much more of a, of a front, front sight. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I disagree with, though. The size of the window... It when when you start to really know and understand how to run a red dot effectively, part of that is really reading what the dot is telling you as far as seeing it lift and you see it streak up and you see it streak down. And in an ideal world, you see the entire travel of your red dot in the in the optic window. In an ideal world, your red dot never leaves the window of the optic. That allows you and affords you maximum. Uh, vision and speed because you can see it the whole time. You can track it the whole time. You can run it very effectively that way. Um, now, some some shooters will have the, the red dot maybe leave the top of an optic a little bit, but usually that's more top or more towards the top of the stroke of that optic movement. Um, so it's not that big. You still see enough of the of the red dot streaking across the window that you, you that you can still use it pretty effectively for for tracking that. This basically is going to have zero tracking tracking ability. Like you're going to have to rely on seeing a red dot in the window when you fire a shot. It's going to almost instantly disappear. It has to based on the size and the design of this. And you're not going to be able to run that optic. You know, you, like you, you have to wait for it to come back into into that window to shoot and shoot your follow up shots. When I'm running my red dots, Matthew, at close speeds or at close on close targets at fast speeds, I'm just I I'm not waiting for that dot to stop. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to get at. I'm not waiting for it to stop and hold steady in the window. When I'm running it at speed, the the red dot is constantly in motion. Okay, and that's the point I'm trying to get at here. That when you take away a lot of that window to where you get a dot and you get like an eighth of an inch of travel and then it's gone, like you, you then you have no choice but to wait for it to come back. So I feel like this will actually hinder shooter hinder shooters from being able to run it as effectively as we'd like to see them run it. Like it sort of negates some of the benefits of running a red dot optic in the first place, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you're right. As far as speed wise, I think where this might help is um, those that, I mean, obviously the the single focal plane of a, of a red dot is an, is an advantage. So, you know, I, I think um, I, I totally agree with you. That's uh, one of the reasons why I chose the optic I did, but um but I think that, you know, this, this, um, the smaller size may not like for the, the average shooter, right. Who wants to be able to have a single focal plane or has issues, um, sight issues with nearsightedness and farsightedness. It might help somebody kind of bridge into the red dot, um, you know, field. And hopefully, you know, it, it, um, it spurs a little bit more ingenuity on this, this, concept maybe you know using a smaller battery maybe that overhang doesn't have to hang out over so much and maybe they get a little bit bigger you know what i'm saying like because the concealability thing i don't know if they were trying to you know do more concealability but uh i don't i don't think that it's any 
more concealable than any I, other. I agree with that. And, and you said that earlier, and I, I don't see really a lot of advantage uh, as far as concealability here. If anything, you're increasing the height of the back of the slide, which um, a tendency for a lot of shooters is 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 either the grip or the top edge of the you know kind of the back edge of the slide to to print. And we've sort of I understand it's rounded, but we've we've essentially lengthened another part of the pistol that's a little bit challenging to conceal or can be. Oh, and then can probably mitigate to be honest with you with, with good choices and there's a holster and belt and, and, and how and where, and you know, there's a lot of nuance there, but, but anyway, yeah. um, I'm, I'm wondering if it'd be like, sna- it could potentially snag on clothing a little bit more. Like I, like I'm saying, I'm just kind of going through this with you yeah. right now. I've never had it in my hands. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see that necessarily being an issue. I, I, Compared to a normal red dot, I don't see, you know, I don't think so. I don't think that that's going to be much of an issue. And it's, and this thing's rounded enough. Now, what is curious to me is that, you know, one of the selling points is no need to re-zero when you replace the battery because of where the battery compartment is placed. Hmm. But what I, what is curious to me, and they advertise a three and a half year battery life. Um, and it's got a auto shut off and, you know, and, and automatically comes back on. It's kind of got the shake awake, uh, technology in it, like a few other, uh, uh, competitors do. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. So the battery lasts me three years or whatever. And, and I, I'm going to need to disassemble my pistol and service or clean the guts of my slide mm-hmm. sooner sure. than three three and a half years just gonna say that right so like that's the other thing i see here is that i can't remove the striker of my pistol and service it replace it or or anything like that or, or even like uh, your your extractor depressor plunger that is the spring that keeps the, the extractor in place on a clock pistol like they're showing here in the in the uh in the photo uh you won't be able to service and, and work on those parts without removing the optic. So you're going to have to re-zero anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have far greater need of actually servicing those parts than I do of replacing optic batteries in a lot of cases. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, I could keep going, but that's, that's <laughs> all I got to say. I mean, the thing is I don't have hands-on experience with it. Uh, I'm willing to eat my words. If, if I get one of these in my hands, I, try one out. I test one and go, actually the stuff I said, you know, because of what I thought or how I thought it was going to be was not actually, you know, the reality is different. I'm willing to eat my words, but I'm, this is my observation right now. And I'm fairly confident in what I'm observing at this current time, at least. So um, we'll just have to see, you know, I, I do think that the innovation is cool and, and creating more interest in this part of the market, in this type of a product, in this type of accessory, uh, because I think red dots are the future. In fact, the future is now, old man. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think those. I think there's benefits in that regard. Yeah. I, I actually try to imagine a newer shooter trying to learn how to run a red dot effectively with something like this. I think that's going to actually make the learning curve more difficult. I think it'll perhaps do do more harm than good in 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 some in some ways i mean like honestly if you can get to where your index is so good on presentation that like 
because you're having to work with that little tiny window, like bravo. Like that's what you want that honestly, that's what you want to be able to do. But even for a fairly high skilled shooter, um, it's still nice to have a little bit of, you know, like it's nice to have a little forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, breaking news. It was breaking a couple days ago, but, uh, uh, the firearm blog reporting uh, that CZ in the negotiations for acquiring Colt. So, um, and this is really interesting to me. Now, CZ is uh, um, is a great company, by the way. They make good pistols and good other products, uh, like the Scorpion, you know, Evo, for instance. Um, but uh, you know, CZ is based in the Czech Republic. Uh, they've been around a long time. And like I said, they generally make pretty good stuff, good quality pistols. I mean, they're a very, very popular pistol in USBSA, uh, especially production division, um, becoming more popular even in carry optics as people are figuring out how to meal those very small slides and put optics on them. Um, they're, they're even somewhat popular in open and, and limited division as well. And there's, of course, people that carry these for defensive pistols too. Um, CZ, though, a foreign company negotiating to acquire and purchase an American company, one of the oldest American companies, Colt. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I understand this is the way the market and business goes times. And I personally don't have any qualms with CZ as a company. Uh, and the people I know over there, I like, you know, it's, they're good people. It's a good company. But it's, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like Colt is so intrinsically tied to the history and founding, you know, even as far as like the the exploration into the West of our country and everything. Like it's, Colt is just has played such a role in our nation's history. And it's it's literally an American company. And it just feels kind of like sad to be like, hey, a foreign company is going to take ownership now of this American treasure of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of what I got out of it. You know, maybe it'll be good for the company, you know, overall uh, product wise and stuff, but it, it just kind of like, oh man, it, it just, you know, but everything, like you said, everything changes, right? So. Yeah. Now here's one thing though. Um, Colt, I think, has uh, become very stagnant as a company. And we've talked about a little bit about this before, yeah. kind of like Remington to some degree, um, in that you know it has a storied history, uh, a very important history, obviously was responsible for a lot of good things and great firearms. Uh, I mean, just, just imagine your classic Colt 1911 right? Like such an iconic pistol in history that the fact that it's still a very popular pistol in a, in a very popular design over a hundred years after it was initially, you know, even now we're into our 110th year since the 1911 came to be. Um, but in recent history, Colt has struggled, Right. And Colt became very dependent on military contracts. Then some of that fell by the wayside. And and so then they're suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Because they got away from 
from producing stuff that consumers really wanted to uh, and needed to buy. They decided to resurrect uh, their revolver lines a little bit more, um, which I think has been kind of cool in a way, but, but yeah, you know, I mean, that is a limited part of the market. So I kind of feel like maybe new ownership and CZ being involved with everything that CZ does and CZ is very, I mean, the thing is, is CZ is still like their most popular pistols are still based on the design, but they're constantly innovating that older design and making it better, making it, you know, like you look at what, what the current, uh, like just look at the CZ shadow two, which is a very popular pistol in USPSA. I mean, it is a phenomenal gun. It's extremely well thought out, well designed, um, high performance, right? You know, uh, and based off of an older design. Anyway, maybe this would be good for Colt as far as being resurrected, if you will, and and sort of restoring itself in um, in in the public in the industry. I don't know. I agree. Time will tell. All right, we got to move along. So I'm going to run through a couple stories real quick. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Recoil Magazine reporting. A new magazine from Magpul. And this is a 10-round AR-15, AR platform magazine. Uh, but it's the full 30-round length. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of show a X-ray view of it here and show how there's this this structure if you will on the inside um that uh this is where the spring is going to rest here on the top of this platform that's taking up about half of the inside body of the of this classic magpole 30 round mag and so in you know in this way together with fall spring or restricting this thing to to 10 you know it's only going to load 10 rounds and it's very specific in this article that it's a 10 round polymer magazine um, with the full 30 round length because it's a little bit more desirable to like, there's, there's going to be people out there that maybe want to run a 10 or have to run a 10 round magazine because of the jurisdiction they live in. But they, but it, it, anybody knows that loading and reloading with 10 round mags is not as fast or as convenient as an AR with a third round sized magazine. <clears throat> so, this uh, provides another option for folks. They've, they've made it very clear that there's a proprietary lock plate uh, sec- permanently secured by an aluminum rivet. So the intent with this, is, it, and because it's meant to be compliant with states that have 10-round limit, or maybe Colorado that has a 15, like it's too bad it's a 10-rounder, um, but uh, it's intended to be fully compliant with some of these mag capacity bands that exist it's sad that we have to have this sort of thing for some of you people but it is where we currently are i'd love to see those mag bands go away um but anyway new product from magpul moving on ammunition prices going up winchester released a statement just last week to all customers and dealers making them making us know that that uh, ammunition prices were being raised. Shot shells, 5%. Rim fire, 7%. Hunting rifle, 5 to 10%. All center fire FMJ rifle ammunition, 10 to 14%. Yeah. Uh, so your typical, like, 
AR-15, you know, two, two, three, five, five, six. Uh, all centerfire pistol ammunition plus seven percent. Components ten. Excuse me, components ten percent, and primers ten to fifteen percent on primers. Um, pretty sizable jumps, and this is not the only. You know, there's been a couple of jumps in the last uh, six eight months as well. Um, but this is what we are to expect when demand is so high like it is. And I jump over now to uh, another statement from Federal, really Vista Outdoor, which owns Federal, CCI, Spear, and now Remington. And they have also just last week released a letter explaining that as of, oh, by the way, the, the Winchester increases go up on February 1st and Federal says effective on April 1st that Federal, Remington, CCI, and Spear Prices will take an increase of three to fifteen percent. They're not as specific as Winchester was by saying exactly, you know, rifle and pistol and primers and all that. You know, what all the individual percentages were. Uh, just know that Vista Outdoor is increasing anywhere from three to fifteen percent across all products on their last price list. So um, again, unfortunate, right? But it is kind of what has to happen to restore some um, balance in the market, right? That's the way it goes. High, 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 high demand is going to deplete supply, which is going to force prices to go up if we're going to balance that out. And that's that's the way it goes. It's This is basic economics 101 at play here. Um, so some people will say, you know, they're enriching their themselves. Um, I'm sure they're doing pretty well in terms of money right now. Um, but, uh, there, there still has to be something that's done about the market and there's gotta be some stabilization and it's not happening on its own and it's not being made any better with the current political climate and looking forward the next four years. Mm -hmm. So prices are going to have to go up and I'll tell you what. I'll take a 10% increase if it means I can start buying ammo again. And I'm not saying that's what this is going to achieve yet, but you know, I, I'd rather see some controlled stabilization, stabilizing in the market where it's like, well, at least we can buy a nine millimeter for 20 round for $20 a box. Okay. Maybe we get to that point and that's still because it's still the price we're paying a year ago. But if we can get to a level of stabilization where, you know, we're paying 20 or $25 for a box of nine, uh, well, it's better than the guys out there that are, you know, marking it up and selling it 40 and $50 a box. Exactly. And it's better than not being able to find it, you know, not being able to find any at all. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. And, and we'll, we're going to cover something, a, a, a story later um, that will kind of make this even worse, this whole ammo price increase even worse. But yeah, agree totally. It has to be stabilized. Yep. Yep. Um, and speaking of which, we'll get to that story here in a second, but real quick, I wanted to talk. I want to use this as a segue into our final story, Matthew. Mm -hmm. This story from looserounds.com. Uh, it just says uh, official statement from AR15.com. AR15.com is a forum site that's been around for a long time, probably 20 plus years now at this point. 
um, their site went down a few days ago. And the reason it went down is because their site registrar, okay? So so in the, in the internet space, you acquire a domain name and that domain name has to be registered through, there's a number of different companies that register domain names with an international registration of domain names. And the, that, that registrar takes money to hold that reservation or to have that, that registration in place. And the thing is, is that they can pull a plug on that and say, nope, guess what? You can't do business with us anymore because we don't like you for whatever reason. And your site's going to go down. You'll have to find a different way of a different company to register your site with. So apparently air15.com was registered through godaddy.com. And GoDaddy, all of a sudden, out of the blue, pulled plug and said, we don't like what your site stands for, what you guys discuss on your site. Uh, you know, it, It's right in line with all the other censoring, um, if you will, that's taking place in for a lot of people in our industry right now, actually, um, from, from different sites that are not 2A friendly. So Air 15 went down. The good news is, is that they are back up. Uh, they have a temporary URL as they're continuing to restore things and get things fully functional again. And that is AR15-backup.com. Um, so get ready, guys. The, the, the ride's going to get interesting here in the next few weeks, few months, few years. Um, as really there's a, there's a battle in the information and culture space um, between people that hate our, uh, us, meaning us that are 2A and 1A supporters, um, and, and people that want to just ban and get rid of the things that we love and enjoy as free Americans. Yeah, I, I think this what this is doing is it's bringing uh, the last week or so with all the different things. I'm sure everybody who's listening has seen, you know, different apps and things be banned for different reasons. But I think what this is doing is it's uh, it, it's opening people's eyes to the fact that the Internet, what you think you can do on the Internet really isn't free. Right. It's not open. I'm not saying free monetary wise. I'm saying free for expression. And, and there are gatekeepers that can absolutely crush um, dissent or an imposing point of view and make it almost marginalized. And so I think we're seeing that and we're going to see how much um, uh, if there is any, you know, recourse or any sort of uh, evening out, because right now um, I I truly believe, you know, a couple strokes of a couple keystrokes and vast, uh, vast companies and forms. Yeah, it can can easily. And I'm not just talking about two way community like it can if it's a two-way community today it could be you know whatever community tomorrow so um i'm just saying we're going to see how free the internet is um coming up yeah you know here's the thing let's you just real quick some real talk right we already know that big tech right uh is not a not a fan of of the second amendment right uh that's no surprise to anybody but 
when people hear big tech, they think Google, Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right? What's being exposed is that it's much deeper and broader than that, guys. And there's a lot more at stake here because it's one thing to fight a battle with Facebook and Twitter. It's a whole other thing when you just got to start fighting with domain registrars and hosting companies. And now, and then that, you know, for instance, our company, we moved hosting a while back because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but, you know, we're in a pretty good position right now with our website host. Okay. Because it's not, it's not like Amazon, for instance, where a lot of companies are, you know, that's what happened with parlors. They were hosted on Amazon servers and Amazon's like, mm, goodbye parlor. Right. Um, our hosting company, we actually like rent the, the, the server rack space, right? Like it's more like a self-hosted kind of situation uh, versus, uh, you know, how some of these other deals work. But uh, uh, but it goes deeper than that. What if it? What if this gets to a place where whole internet service providers mm-hmm. decide they're going to restrict certain content? I'm talking your AT and T's, your Comcast or or Xfinity, your what else is there? Your uh, CenturyLink, and you know these these massive companies that are responsible for the pipeline, the physical pipeline that brings the internet to your house and they decide "Mm, we're going to censor some of this content. I don't think we're too far away from a slippery slope like that. Mm -hmm. FYI. Yeah. Especially because in many of you guys probably know this, like, like I am, um, you only have one ISP, one service provider that you could choose from, or maybe two. Right, because they bought up the the contracts in that general area, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you're stuck. You have no, you have no uh, other methods. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one thing to say, oh, well, when you know, company X decides to pull hosting or domain name registration and that kind of stuff from you know from companies like ours, it's one thing to say, well, there, you know, there, there's other companies that are starting up. There's probably companies starting right up right now, as we speak, that plan on offering two way friendly services like that. But we get to a point where guys, we don't own or have any stake in or control whatsoever. Some of that other space like ISPs, internet service providers. And internet providers are somewhat regulated. And it can also get to a point where the federal government, the FCC, decides to institute regulations that require ISPs to censor certain content and information. Oh, that's crazy talk. <laughs> That'll never happen. You know, a year ago, we, I would have said that is crazy. Yeah. But I would say there's nothing that isn't off the table right now. Hmm. It's all on the table. We don't know where any, like things have gotten way crazier than I would have ever guessed just in a few short months. Right. So, 
I agree. You know, the, the thing, you know, actions have consequences. Elections have consequences, but actions have consequences. And the actions of a certain few last week, we talked about how a few people at this, this rally in Washington, D.C. took, essentially took away the spotlight from the positive, you know, all these hundreds of thousands of supporters that were there peacefully demonstrating. And the, sole focus became on these few that broke into violently and, and just property and hurt people um, in the capital. Right. And that is all like, that is, that has become the fuel added to the fire. It was, it was a very, it was a small fire prior to that. As far as like, and we, we knew we were, we were up against some challenges with the new administration coming in. That has now been turned into an inferno. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. So, and I honestly, Matthew, we had one last story about Biden doubling down on NRA targeting. Says he will defeat them. You know what? We're out of them. But I think we've we've talked we've 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 touched on the gist of this. This is the battle space that we are in. Is the battle for freedom and information and rights. And it's crazy how it's becoming not only a 2A, but also a 1A, meaning a First Amendment and a Second Amendment battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's right. It's civil rights. It's, it's universal, right? Like, so that's what, that's what we've been making the, the argument all along. It's not just a, a, a gun rights issue. It's, it's a rights issue. It's a, it's a, you know, freedom of speech issue. It's a freedom to defend yourself and seek happiness and security for your family. It's, it's all of that. And that's universal. It's not owned by one demographic or, you know, political party. It's, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what do we take from this? Um, What do we take from this? Well, I think, we have to make sure we are good citizens, responsible citizens. And by that, it means we are politically engaged and active in fighting for the causes that are important to us. Um, doing our part to reach out to people within our circles that we have, that we have influence with and helping them to see the light, right? Because, you know, we've talked about how there's these 8 million or 10 million or whatever new gun owners in, in the U.S. over the last year. That many have come into gun ownership for the first time because of a very valid reason. The need, the, they, they feel a need to protect and defend themselves and their households and their families. Maybe for the first time ever. Before they were in a place of comfort and security in their, in their mindset. And then some, something shook that. Rightfully so, legitimately, and they go, hmm, I'm going to buy a gun. But they may still be of, an, of a mindset that still, you know, where it's like, well, I've got a gun now. But politically speaking, uh, ideologically, they're still stuck where they used to be. And they may not see that there's some some incompatibilities, meaning that, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make this into a D versus R. And by the way, the R aren't all. There's many of them that are not our friends either in terms of true freedom and Second Amendment, right? We know that. I, I just mean that, guys, we really, I, 
I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I am a single issue voter. And that single issue for me these days is the second amendment. You are either for or against freedom. And if you are for freedom, meaning for the second amendment, like that, that's good enough for me. I, and I'm dead serious about that. I'm dead serious because I think everything else hinges upon that second amendment. Cause I think we lose everything else so much quicker freedom wise. If the second amendment goes away, it, it is, it is the foundation in my mind for everything else because everything else is meaningless. If the second amendment is destroyed. Yeah. Can't add anything, ma'am. Yeah, I could, but it, we'd be a, have a two-hour podcast. Yeah. You're supposed to do reviews too, right? So I guess we should do those. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize some of these stories today would be so uh, get us so fired up. Yeah, and off track. Um, Matthew, why don't you tell us about your product review today? Okay, really briefly. Um, uh, this is a, from a company called Throom. If you see this right here, it's this green um, little plastic uh, target. But um, Throom is priorly or previously known as Newbold Targets. And um, I did a review a while back, maybe a year ago, maybe longer, um, on a plate rack system. So these are polymer, shoot through polymer. Um, they're self healing. So um, you can get like thousands and thousands of rounds through here before you have to replace it. Um, but, you know, I did one on a plate rack. So a traditional plate rack, which is horizontal. And uh, when you hit these, they fall over just like a steel plate rack would. would. Um, but the good thing about these is there's no ricochets. You could use them if you have an indoor range and you want to set up a plate rack. Um, you can shoot them at very close distances without any concern about that. Um, they have other ones that are not just, you know, knockdown targets, but ones that um, kind of uh, pop back up. They have all the different kinds of stuff on their website, but they just changed their name to Throom, T-H-R-O-O-M, Throom. Um, and they came out with a uh, dueling tree. So I had the plate rack, the horizontal plate rack, and this is going to be a dueling tree. Basically, uh, you know, they have these brackets, you mount it, horizontally or vertically. And, um, they come with these frames that you put, uh, basically it's a frame. You put some two by fours in there. It's very easy. The whole kit comes in a little box and you can take it to the range. It's light. So you don't have to carry around big, heavy, you know, steel plates. Um, and, uh, it's pretty cool. So you could set this up, have a dueling tree, have a plate rack, shoot it, uh, tear it down. It's not very heavy. It's not, uh, cumbersome. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to get out there and set it up and do and uh, shoot it. But I've shot their other stuff, and it, it 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 definitely lasts a long time. As long as you're not using hollow point ammunition, it will self heal, and you can get thousands and thousands of rounds through these. So, pretty pretty cool, uh, pretty cool little thing if you if you like that kind of stuff. You get immediate feedback, which is good. You know, you shoot, you see the the target go down. Um, so it's a little bit different if you haven't shot. You know, obviously steel is great because you hear it, um, but if you've only shot paper, having a target that gives you a little bit of immediate feedback is always kind of, kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got their, uh, plate rack and a couple other little targets, uh, from, like you said, it used to be new bold targets and, mm -hmm. and they've rebranded to Throom. 
targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throughemtargets.com, as you mentioned, that's where, where to find them. Uh, it's great. They, they make a great product, honestly. I mean, th- there is still a lot of satisfaction for me in shooting steel, but I absolutely pull these Throom targets out all the time uh, when I take to the range. I have a couple of the falling plates just set up on four by four posts with a little stand. And I'll take those out and use those as, as just a, almost like a, they kind of equate like a popper target for me. Mm-hmm. The range. I think Thrum also has some popper style or shaped or size targets as well. But, uh, but really the important thing is you have this, this, you know, the round target area on a popper. That's what you really are trying to hit. So I, when I'm practicing, that's, you know, I just use their, 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 their typical round uh, plate target for practice they work great and, and they're safe that's a big thing here with throom targets is you, with steel there's always that concern of that possibility and likelihood eventually it's not a matter of if it's 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 a question of when you will get you'll catch some frag in your arm your hand your leg your face when if you shoot steel a lot it will happen and it's rare that it is serious you know, it amounts to little cuts or scrapes, you know, maybe a sting and it doesn't, you know, it feels uncomfortable when it happens. Um, but you shoot steel long enough, you're going to eventually have a piece of frag that comes back and hits you, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and so using something like these Throom targets completely eliminates that, that hazard. So super cool. Um, my review today is honestly... It's gonna be it's biased, all right. I'll be straightforward and honest about it. Um, and by that I mean it's a product that we sell and and that is part of our family of brands. Uh, a few months ago, we launched ReadyUpGear.com, uh, and uh, we just added this new product called the Range Ruck Backpack, and it's a range bag, but it's a backpack. Uh, and the Range Ruck Backpack is what I use now for my go-to-the-range bag. It has everything in it I need. So it's literally a grab-and-go. You know, I mean, other than maybe throw some, it's got a padded foam uh, insert that has spots for four guns. You know, so other than grab the guns out of the safe, put them in the foam insert, throw it in the bag, uh, grab my ammo, my targets. But other than that, I just grab the bag. The bag's got everything in it. And away we go to the range. Um, it, it, it's just made life so much simpler than what it used to be for me with other uh, types of range bags and things that I've used in the past. So uh, the, the Range Ruck backpack has a ton of pockets. You've got pockets for like everything. You've got pockets for your magazines, little stretchy pockets for, for your mags to, you know, so they're, they're actually kept in order and, and organized in, in an organized fashion. Uh, there's actually two large pockets that each hold individually six magazines. And, and there's still room to stuff more in those pockets if you want to. Uh, you've got a couple other pockets that I, I throw my staple gun in. I have some note paper or notepads. I've got uh, index cards. I've got extra staples. I've got tape. Um, I've got my Maglula Uplula. I've got my shot timer. I've got hearing protection, eye protection, extra batteries, tools, cleaning stuff. I mean, the whole gamut, everything that I might need in a typical range session is in this one bag. And it's a backpack that you just throw on your back, two straps, 
easy to carry. Of course, it has a carry handle if you just want to grab it with your hand, whatever. Um, but I love just throwing it on my back, freeze up my hands to grab, you know, more ammo, grab targets, whatever it is, or my keys as I go out the door and head to the range. Uh, so we just got done or kind of through this initial uh, launch phase, if you will, of, of launching and releasing the new Ready Up Gear Range Ruck backpack. Uh, if you've missed out on that, guys, don't worry. It's still available. We still have some of these in stock. Um, uh, we're still getting sales in them, but you know, all the time, each every day. But, but so I can't promise how long the inventory will, will last. But we we have some still in stock. Head on over to concealedcarry.com forward slash range ruck to take a look at these. There's some similar products out there in the market from some other companies, but you know the thing with our brand and with the ready up gear brand is it's important to us to bring high value products to you guys. And by that we mean good quality, excellent quality, even at a very affordable price. So we bring these things to you as low, as lowly priced as we can afford ourselves and still make a little money and keep our company going. So Similar products typically cost a minimum of $125 to $175 typically. Um, our bag is like is $99. Bucks. Okay. So go pick one up, guys. You're, you're going to This will simplify your life in terms of going to the range so much so. I promise you it will pay dividends to you. It is worth every penny. So concealedcarry.com forward slash range ruck. With that, um, we're going to run right through the giveaway, the weekly giveaway, guys. We do each week a, a prize giveaway, concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. You sign up. Matthew, because we're out of time, we're over time. Give us this week's winner. They're going to get a door ambush DVD. And next week, you know what? It's time to spice things up a little bit, Matthew. You're going to hate me. I have to go read some stuff. But we've done too many of these tactical pens and, and stuff. It's time to, to switch it up. Guys, next week, all right, here's the deal. We're going to give away a free shot timer. Mm, all right? Very cool. So I hope this will light a fire under some of you guys out there and go, ooh, free shot timer, free um, uh, range tech. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the gear today, right? I've got this is one of our range tech shirts. The 80s called. They want their shot timer back. Got my range tech shot timers hat on. Um, guys, trust me, you want one of these shot timers if you don't already have one. Or even if you already have one, you want a second one, you have a backup, uh, or you can give it away as a gift. But uh, that's that's what I've decided, Matthew. I know it's on the fly, and you'll have to go redo the uh, the, the sign up page. Not a problem. But, uh, um, I, I just I feel like we got to shake it up a little bit and, and get people excited to to do the giveaway. So, guys, don't forget that when you share the giveaway, you use the share links as part of the giveaway. You get extra entries. So do that, okay? Because this is a great opportunity to win an awesome shot timer valued at 75 bucks. All right. So go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to sign up. Matthew though, now is going to tell us about this week's winner, really last week's winner of the door ambush DVD. Who we got? 
Yes, Dave, I've sent you the uh, the email, but congratulations, Dave, you won. And uh, yeah, check your email. Nice. Make sure you check your spam too. Congrats, Dave. We we appreciate you for uh, being a part of our family, uh, for listening to the podcast and participating in the giveaway. Again, concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to get signed up, guys. One final shout out to our episode sponsors today, CCW Safe, ccwsafe.com and ammosupplywarehouse.com. We appreciate your guys' support of our sponsors and of the things we do here at the Concealed Carry Podcast and ConcealedCarry.com. So, guys, we're going to sign on out of here. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through a longer-than-typical episode. We'll be back later today, for those of you participating live, uh, with a, a special interview with Tim Heron from TimHeronShooting.com, a uh, world-class shooter. He's a grandmaster USPSA shooter in multiple divisions. He's a fantastic instructor. I took a class with him last fall. Uh, and, and he's a, he's a great all around guy. He's actually, people uh, refer to him a lot of times as the nicest guy in USPSA in mm-hmm. shooting sports. Uh, Cause he really is a, a really great guy. Uh, willing to always help and teach and help inspire others um, in reaching their shooting dreams. So, Guys, uh, come back here at 4 p.m. Mountain Time today, and we'll uh, do that interview with Tim Heron. It'll be a great time. So until next time, though, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Take care.